The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. All right. Well, we tweeted. If you have any questions, we also threaded. Is that what you say now? We put it on threads. If you're following there. I didn't thread it today. I threaded it. I haven't threaded much lately. Is that what you say? Threaded? Is that the proper terminology there? Threading the needle. I don't know. Sounds good to me, though. I have to figure out all of these updates that we get during training camp, whether it's, you know, a funny video or something that's actually important. Where am I putting all of this on both platforms? Am I putting it just on Twitter? I don't even know if it's going to be called Twitter by the time this podcast comes out. It won't, but let me tell you something. You just talking about this. I, this is like, this is gives me anxiety in my life. I hate all this social media stuff and changing and new social media and platforms and where to post and where not to Mm -hmm. post. Literally, like, I I hate it so much. I just, I really like being on Twitter. I get why people don't. I'm not judging you whether you do or don't or who owns it, who doesn't own it. Nothing, none of that. I just like it. It's comfortable. It works for me. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you got to go here now. And you got to do this. And you got to do Instagram. And you got to do Snapchat. You got to do Facebook. Please. I just, it's such a consternation in my life for me. I'm like, come on, what am I doing? When you open your phone in the morning, I'm assuming, do you have an iPhone? I I do. Okay. When you open your phone, what's the first app? you look at when you wake up oh twitter for sure yeah minus two unless minus unless two. i fall asleep before the yankees game ended then i'd open up the score app to find out if they won okay yeah i i almost every morning if i wake up i'll check my messages and then i'll go to twitter and it's probably a bad habit but it's a tough one to crack because i've been doing it for so long all right that was a long way of getting to we asked a question if you had any questions and a bunch of people yep. got back to us. All right. You specifically referenced this question. So I want to lead off with this. This is from Brian. Okay. I've always wondered what is required by CBA for players on IR or PUP. Do they have to attend meetings, practices, sessions with trainers? What are they not allowed to do during training camp and in season? Do they get paid during camp or only per game? So there's a lot of layers to that question from yeah, Brian. There's a lot of layers. But- let, me, let, let me try to maybe break it down as simple as possible. If I can, Matt, I don't know if this will help at all, but basically um, there's a difference between injured reserve. Once the season starts and injured reserve before the season starts. Okay. If a guy is placed on injured reserve right now, if the bills put him on injured reserve. Now the bills put him on injured reserve in August, 
The Bills put him on injury reserve before final cuts are made. He can't play this year. Bam, he's done. Cannot mm-hmm. play. Out for the season. However, the team is still going to expect him to be at, in the training room and things like that. Or maybe not. They may say, hey, it's too crowded in here. You can't be here. Maybe they don't expect him to be in meetings. But he's still a part of the organization. That's really on a team-to-team basis. I mean, um, they, they may say, hey, you know, th- how about this? Um, Micah Hyde. Now, I know he wasn't on IR um, at that time. Like, he, he, he went on IR later in the season. Week, week three. He, right. So what did yeah. he do, though? Michael Hyde went into me. He was became like a coach basically on the field. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's going to be different from our, for everybody. If the player's out for the year, the team is going to make a determination, which by the way, then you get into injury settlements and things like that. What that is basically, well, you know what we, uh, this guy, he, he's not going to play for us this year, or maybe he's a chance to come back. He says, Hey, I think I can come back, but you put me on IR. I'm out for the year. Then there's a discussion and a negotiation about paying him and releasing him so he can go sign with another team so we can actually play. All right. But if you get put on IR after the final cuts are made, if you get put on IR week one, week two, week three, right after final cuts, you have to miss four games. You're out mm-hmm. four games. And then after that, you're allowed to come back. You can come back six games later, seven games later. You can stay, stay out the whole year. Once you practice, though, the team has to decide on you within two weeks once you start practicing. As far as getting paid, players are getting their salary. If they're going to be on injury reserve. They're going to get their salary. Again, if a team wants to give an injury settlement to a player, they say, hey, you're out for the year. You're kind of clogging up space. We need the training room, whatever. Yeah, the guy says, I want to go play. They basically pay him the amount of money that they can negotiate. They feel of when he'll be healthy and say, we'll pay you for two more weeks, we'll pay for three more weeks, and then he's out the door and he can go sign. And then PUP is basically kind of the same thing. The only difference between PUP and IR is PUP is for guys who got hurt doing something um away from the field or I should say, wait, wait, like a football injury from like during the off season or during the previous year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really a technicality. It's not a big deal, but it's pretty much the same thing. And then they can just transfer. If they're on pup to start this training camp, they can come back and they probably will come back. Then they can get put on pup again when the season starts and they will come back. And then the final one is non-football injury. That's a guy that gets hurt off the field doing something else. The guy goes snowboarding or something. He gets hurt. He's put on non-football injury list but he also can come back at any time and still play. And the timeline for Pup during training camp is what, four weeks? Is that accurate? If Von Miller... During training camp, if you start on Pup, you can come back day one. You can come back whenever. If you start on Pup on training camp, you're just on there until they take you off. That could be one day. That could be the whole training camp. Then they make a decision and say, do we want to keep you on Pup to start the season? And if that's Mm -hmm. the case, they got to keep a roster spot for you. You count on the 53. Yeah. Then you must miss four games at least. Okay. So that was like the whole Tredavious White last year going on pup. We didn't know how long he was going to miss. Then it tells you, oh, well, we don't think it'll be too long because if it was, then okay. So that's the whole theory there. All right. Thank you for explaining that. All right. That wasn't too confusing for everybody. No, it wasn't. This question is from AJ. What needs to be more consistent position this year? Cornerback two or slot wide receiver? I will start here. I think the answer is quarterback two cornerback two, excuse me. I don't know if I said quarterback when I was doing the question. Cornerback two, whether that's Kyrie Elam, whether that's Christian Benford, whether that's Dane Jackson. I think slot wide receiver is an important position for the Bills, but I also think they have other options there. I still think their most important pieces are Stefan Diggs, are Gabe Davis, are their tight ends, are Josh Allen. I think when it comes to your defense, cornerback two could be a weak spot that other teams attack. And that's why I think it's a more important spot for the Bills. And that's why I think it needs to be more consistent. Okay, so um, 
think that's right. That's right because that can hurt you. That can hurt a you. You get a, a game, a touchdown scored to you. That could be something that hurts you to lose a game. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll agree with you, but I want to at least go this way with this with this question. The Bills thought so much of how much they needed to improve their slot receiver spot. They traded up in the draft for a tight end to play slot wide receiver. Yeah, I mean that's how important it was to them to have something consistent there in the middle of the field and an easy yep. pass, an easy outlet. So I think it's a very, very vital spot for this organization internally that they've been looking at. But you're right, Matt. I mean, if you're inconsistent at corner two, I mean, you're going to think about this division with these receivers and these quarterbacks. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're going against, you know, Jill Jalen Waddle. You're going against yeah. Garrett Wilson, who's like a superstar already with the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if you're inconsistent at cornerback two, it's, it's going to be a long day or long night. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, This is from Matt. He asked a couple different questions, but I'm just going to use the first one. What are your overall expectations from the slightly revamped offensive line? You can start or I can start. I don't care. My overall expectations are they will protect Josh Allen better. Um, I think the run game will – it's not – it's weird how I want to say this. Kind of take care of itself. Like I think they'll be a fine running team. I think Aaron Cromer is a very good coach when it comes to the run game. He's a very good offensive line coach. But I think the Bills' scheme and having Josh Allen and the threat to pass all the time will always allow them to run the ball pretty effectively. And I think that James Cook is going to be really good there. But I do think I'm looking for improvement in protecting Josh Allen. I think they went out and got guys that they think can specifically do that. I also think we might see some growth from the people who are returning as starters this year. I think Deion Dawkins will be better this year than Deion Dawkins was last year. I think Spencer Brown, if he wins the job, will be better than Spencer Brown was last year. And then as far as the additions are concerned, Connor McGovern, I think, immediately steps in and is a better fit for you than Roger Saffold was last year. And then Ryan Bates. I never really thought Ryan Bates was a problem last year. I thought Ryan Bates was fine. And Mitch Morris is, you know, your Mr. Consistent right in the middle. I think right now the betting odds would say it's Dawkins, McGovern, Morris, Bates, Brown. That's what I think is going to happen. They added a ton of depth, though, and I think they're going to be better suited for the injuries that will happen. It's not if they happen. They will happen on the offensive line. They always do. The Bills have better depth this year. So I think that the line will be better this year, and I think that was a really big emphasis for them going into the offseason. This question is from Jay. Why do you think the media outside of Buffalo thinks the Bills have taken a huge step back this offseason? It's a good question, Jay, and I've noticed it. We see preview after preview of people saying that. I mean, heck, Andrew Filipponi in Pittsburgh didn't even pick the Bills to make the playoffs when I saw his tweet about who he's picking. He did pick the Pittsburgh Steelers. ESPN people, like four out of five the other day, picked the Jets to win the division. I think maybe one picked the Dolphins, and but nobody picked the Bills. Um, this is what's happening. And I just think it's the natural reaction of when you kind of see a team for a couple of years and you think, okay, well, they had their shot. They didn't do it. Let's move on to somebody else. Oh, no, by the way, you have Aaron Rodgers over there. Ooh, look what Tua's doing. It's, I, I mean, I understand. I understand from one perspective why anybody would think, okay, the bills are going to take a step back and these teams are going to be really good. What I can't get with is the massive kind of over-exaggeration of it, right? Oh my God, missed the playoffs. Look, anything can happen. It's football. We know that. And injuries always happen, as you just pointed out a little while ago. But this is still a really good football team. They're still probably going to win the division. And if not, it would be stunning if they didn't make the playoffs because they're still really, really good and have an elite quarterback. As somebody in the media, I probably shouldn't say this, but pay no attention to it because it's just a talking point for people who are trying to have a take 
for people who are trying to be different because the Bills have been the team for the last couple of years. You want to look at what people really think about the Bills? Look at the betting odds. Have you ever been to Las Vegas? Heck, have you ever seen a picture of Las Vegas? There's a reason they make all of that money. And you know what they think? They think the Bills have the second best odds right. in the entire NFL to win the Super Bowl. The Bills are one of the favorites this year. Nothing anybody says should change your opinion of that. Injuries could change your opinion of that. Weird things can happen. I am not going to stand here and say I'm 100% confident the Bills are going to win the division. I'm not. I think the division got better. I think Miami's good. I think the Jets could be good. But if I was betting money on it, I would bet on the Bills. And I think most people probably would do the same. So I understand some of the points that people are making, but I don't necessarily buy. I mean, think about it. People have been every year. Somebody does this last year. There were people saying that the chiefs wouldn't win the division and that the chargers were a better team and the Broncos were a better team. Remember all the buzz about the Broncos last year. And then the Broncos sucked. Okay. The bills have won the AFC East for the last three years and they have the best player in the entire division. And it's at the most important position. I think that puts them in a pretty good spot. I'm just looking through and finding this thing. Here we go. Is it? Here we go. Pay no attention. There's said, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Can we get it? This is Wizard of Oz. Hold on. Oh, I can't get it. I was trying to get it. I didn't know where it was in here. But it says, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. That's what you just said about the media, right? I agree. Listen, as far as I kind of screwed that all that up. I was trying, folks. I was trying to do it while Matt was talking to find the exact spot. No, it's okay. What he's saying is, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. That's the media pulling all these. What do we say? It's all for clicks. It's all for likes. No, I, I think people actually believe this. But like the hot take machine, of course, right? I mean, oh, yeah. look, it, it, people want to be, they want to be out there for attention. Oh, look at this. And some of them don't care about being wrong. I think there is a natural feel by a lot of people that the bills will take a step back. I just, they, I think they, it's they have to exaggeration. They, the they almost better. have to take a step. There's almost no wiggle room for them to take a step forward, but that doesn't mean that you can take us. You can still take a step back and be one of the best teams in the NFL. If the Bills win 12 games this year, they have taken a step back, and they will still be one of the best teams in the NFL. I think if you asked anybody right now, would they sign up for 12 wins? I bet most people probably would, and that would still be a step back. So it's all relative at that point. Like, yeah, yeah maybe they won't be as good this year. Maybe they won't be 13-3. and three. I can almost guarantee you they won't play be 13-3 and because they're going to play 17 games and not 16 games this ah. year. But, you, you know, everybody just wants to get so hot takey all the time. Maybe that's, I don't know, maybe I'm boring. Maybe sometimes rationale comes into play here. I, I just, <laughs> whatever. All right, this one's from Chris. We get a little fired up on that one. Favorite non-football thing about training camp. Do you have one? I think we've talked about it, which is just hanging out with media colleagues. I mean, that's really cool. Um, whether it's just going out for a couple of drinks at night, eating dinner, um, anything. Uh, just hanging out with me. How about golf? Great golf in Rochester. We love playing golf. You're a golfer. I'm a golfer. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's what I think it is. Just yeah, that part of it for training camp for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, I love Marge's Lakeside Inn yeah. over on the water there. Yeah. I love... There's an awesome amusement park right across the street called Seabreeze. It's amazing. Yeah. Got to go to it. Got to take your kids to it. It's literally like a mini Darien Lake, and you wouldn't even know it. 
I love this place where you can get wings that's kind of new in Rochester called Barbill, and we will be taking our show on the... Did you see how naturally I just did that? Boom. We will be taking our show on the road there Monday, July 31st. We hope you can all join us. We're going to be doing a live episode of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo right from Barbill. They opened a couple weeks ago there. If you're from Buffalo and you like chicken wings, you've probably had their wings before. Maybe you haven't and you want to try them. Maybe you're in Rochester and you haven't had the wings yet. Perfect opportunity. Go try the food. Come say hi to Sal and I. I think we're saying 7 o'clock, right? That's the time the event yeah, starts. Yeah, I mean, you and I will probably be there a little bit earlier and everything, but yeah. I think we'll try to start taping around 7. We'll do this show around that. It's 1129 Empire Boulevard in Rochester. It's literally less than a 10-minute drive from St. John Fisher. And I spoke yeah, with the Barbill people. Bar people. They're really excited for us to come, and they're going to put extra staff on because they know that they're expecting a lot of people there that night. And we are, too. We want you to come. We want you to say hi. Thank you so much to Barbill for having us. And yep. uh, the blessings of Odyssey to be able to do this over there as well. And um, who knows? Maybe we'll have a couple of guest appearances stop by. You never know, right? You yeah, you never by. know. And if you're going and you haven't had the food before, I cannot recommend enough the Cajun Honey Butter Barbecue Wings, the French fries, the waffle fries. <laughs> outstanding. And if you I'm are not a beef- eat all day, by the way, until I get there. I was thinking the exact same thing. Honestly, I was hoping that would be one of those kind of meh days in the dining hall. So then we can skip lunch and then we can just kind of, you know, take all of our calories in at dinner. Maybe I'll just make sure to go to the gym like twice that day or something just so I can run it off even before it's on. Then I can build it back up by going to barbell. So hope to see everybody there. Just take a couple extra laps around the track at practice, and I think that should cover it. You know, it's funny. I just bought new running shoes for training. I I just I haven't run a lot the last couple months. I want to get back more into it, so I went and bought new running shoes, and they're super comfortable, but they're like platform shoes. I'm like two inches taller in these shoes than I am in my regular shoes. So I don't know why that necessarily is. I'm not complaining about it. So I guess I'm just going to have a little bit of a different vantage point. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, it was not like intentional. It was not like, oh, I'm trying to be taller. I just put them on and they told me to walk around the house in them just to kind of break them in a little bit. And I walked in to a room with a mirror and I was like cut off. My head was cut off the mirror. And normally I can see my entire, I'm like, huh. And then I looked down and then I really, I'm sorry for that tangent. I, I just started talking about running shoes. Okay, this is the last one. This is from Mark. This is kind of fun one to end on. With summer upon us, if you and Sal were to stop at an ice cream shop, what would your number one draft picks be? And Ooh. also, do we have a favorite ice cream spot in Buffalo? Um, yeah, I think we had a few of them. There's a lot. I'm, I'm well. Number one for me is because it's so close to Shoshone Park is Lake Effect. It's amazing. It's right okay. on Hurdle and Main. It's yep. really good. And then I know you love Sweet Jenny's, right? And yeah, well, well yeah, oh, everybody loves that as well. But that's those are like right there for my top two. And anywhere I'm going, I'm a chocolate with almonds guy. I love chocolate with almonds. Really? Actually, I really like maple walnut. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, maple walnut. Um, I like maple walnut uh, ice cream a lot. And yeah, chocolate with almonds, maple walnut. And how about this? The coffee ice cream. I don't know why. I like the taste of coffee ice cream. Are you always a hard ice cream guy? Like, do Not you like always. soft serve? I'll do soft serve, but I prefer hard. See, I think if I was going to an ice cream spot right now, I would get custard or soft serve ice cream. And I would almost always get a twist. So my number one pick would be a twist, soft serve, or if it's a place that does like their homemade custard, I would take the homemade custard. I think my favorite spots 
Um, well, I grew up in the wheat field area and there's platters now, which is awesome. Ice cream. They also do all like the chocolates and stuff. Also Didi's on Niagara Falls Boulevard up in Niagara Falls. That is an elite okay. ice cream spot. And then have you ever been to Hibbard's in Lewiston? Uh, I don't think so. Frozen custard. Okay. Beautiful. Outstanding. Outstanding. I'm not, I mean, I just named three places. So this is going to kind of I mean, contradict if I itself. hear the music from Mr. Softy down the street, I'm getting a twist, right? That's what I'm doing for Mr. Softy. So yeah, I like soft soap. If, but if I'm going to a the, place like this, I usually get hard. If the ice cream truck was coming down my street, remember Choco Tacos? Remember those? Yes. I think that would have been the go-to. Or yeah. the ice or the ice cream sandwiches that have the cookies as yep, the outside. Yep. Yeah, love it, love it. I love those, those are... two. Max prefers the bomb pops. That's what he likes. Oh, yeah? I don't know why. Okay. That's what he, he doesn't want the ice cream as much as he wants the bomb pop. I got two quick questions for you before we head out of here. All right, go ahead. Number one, have you ever hit a golf ball left-handed? Yes. I actually, for a while, yeah, I actually, for a while thought I was going to be left-handed. I think the only reason I'm not, and this is not an exaggeration, was because my dad was right-handed and he had right-handed clubs. So I played hockey growing up left-handed. I batted in baseball left-handed, but I golf right-handed. So riddle me that. Well, that is weird because I'm right-handed, but I swing all sticks lefty. As you know, I'm a lefty golfer. I bring it up because (laughs) Brian Harmon wins the the open championship. He's a lefty golfer. Phil mm-hmm. wins, you know, the PGA a few years ago. You got bubble winning the masters. We've had a bunch of them. The life you can name more lefty golfers than I can, but lefty golfers are starting to kind of be the end thing a little bit there, Matthew. Well, yes and no, because more right-handed golfers <laughs> win every single year, but there's also just way more right-handed hey, golfers. Lefty power, baby. Lefty power. Brian Harmon. Good for him. Congratulations. I am not taking anything away from what he accomplished. That's very cool. But I was thinking earlier today, we're recording this on Sunday, how happy Oak Hill has to be that a legitimate superstar won their tournament with Brooks Kepka. Because think about how we started. We went John Rahm, Brooks Kepka. You're like, wow, what a year this is going to be. And then it went Wyndham Clark and, you know, Brian Harmon. No knock on those guys, but when you think back to 2013 at Oak Hill, Jason Duffner, 2003, Sean McKeel, I bet they really like having a big-name player tied to their tournament for the rest of history. All right. The second question I wanted to ask you, what what were you doing nine years ago today? July 23rd, when recording this, 2014. July 23rd, 2014. Were you working at WKBW, weren't you, were you? Yes but I would not have been in sports yet because the first year I covered, maybe I would have actually. And now I know why you're asking me this question because of the crazy Sammy Watkins catch that you got on video on Vine. Nine years ago today that I captured this crazy Sammy Watkins catch on my phone, whatever bad phone I was using, it's grainy. And then I posted it on Vine, if you remember that app back then, and it went Mm -hmm. super viral. Like it was on ESPN that night with credit to me, which was awesome. I had people texting me like, oh my God, Look at this. You took this video. I'm like, I did. And honestly, Matt, I'm not kidding you. I literally, it's still like the one play I decided to start rolling on. I walked over there. I'm like, oh, Sammy's up. Let me go to him. Bam. I hit it. And he makes this great one-handed catch. It was amazing. It was nine years ago. I think this will be my ninth training camp. Okay. I think my first camp was 2015 because that was year one of Rex, right? Yeah. You didn't cover Marone there? I did, but not full time. Like I went and I, what year? Okay. Actually I can tell you it was, it was the year that they went to the hall of fame game, which is why they started so early. Okay. So actually maybe I did cover this was 23rd, 2014, the year that they went to Latrobe. 
Is I that 15? Yes, yes. It was 14 that went to La Trobe, yes. Then that was the first year I covered it, so I might have actually been at that practice. So at that time at Channel 7, Jeff Russo was still the sports director at Channel 7, and I went with him to help him. And I think I, the first football game, at professional football game that I ever shot was the preseason game in Pittsburgh. And then I started following them that season for work. So actually 2014. So yeah, I think I was actually there. Looking to make sure if it wasn't, it might've been, I think it was, it was 20, I think it was 2014 when they went to Latrobe, but either way they did start off with the hall of fame game that year. And uh, that's why everybody was kind of there early. And um, is Latrobe where Arnold Palmer is from? It is right. Yes, it is. That must have, it was the first year because I, that's my first year on the sidelines was 2014 as well. And I didn't go to Latrobe, but my first game on the sidelines was a preseason game at home that year. All right, Matt, we got to wrap things up. We've gone, Pretty long this episode. We really appreciate everybody joining us. We hope you join us on Monday night, July 31st at Barbell Rochester. We'll be there. We'll be recording. Thank you very much to our great producer, Lucas Buckley. We're not going to have him much longer, but we're thankful to have him as long as we can. He's doing a great Thank job. You, Lucas. Make sure you check us out on iTunes, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and of course on video at Sal Sports on YouTube. Matt, the YouTube channel's blown up. I got a lot of things going on there, and this is one of them. So I appreciate everybody coming by and subscribing. We're up to close to 4,000 subscribers now on YouTube. So thank you so much. And Matt, you have a great end of summer for the last two days. How about that? Yeah, I'm going to do my best. I have uh, never been so excited for the distraction of training camp. I know. Let me tell you. So I'm very, very excited to go back on Wednesday. I will pack my five things that I'm bringing. You pack your 20 things that you're bringing, and I will see you in person again Wednesday morning in Pittsford, New York. Till next time, everyone. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus